Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Do you ever wonder what it takes to really live a life that pleases God? A life that's worthy of his recognition, his favor, his grace. And how do you get to that place? Those are all questions that we often ask ourselves as we're taking this journey we call life. And ultimately, for those of us who are serious about improving our lives, being um, receiving the gifts that God has for us, being in a position to um, inherit the kingdom, and be a contributor to the kingdom, I think this is a great conversation for us to have because when I think about my life, I think about those who are closest to me, we want to be in a position to be examples of what God can do for anyone. How God can take someone that is not appointed, that's not really worthy, but because they are doing what they're supposed to do and they're building a relationship and they're having a communication that with God consistently and building that muscle, uh, here on earth, that they are then positioned into places that are to serve his cause, to serve his purpose, and that they live these extraordinary lives as a result. And sometimes people say, hey, how do I get there? How do I get to a place where I feel fulfilled? I feel that what I'm doing day in and day out is of value to God, that I'm truly here to be of service, and that I'm work- working towards that third level of kingdompreneurship, which is stewardship. How do I cement that? And so we're going to talk about that today because I think what we see in the world today is just doing the opposite, right? Be yourself. Don't do too much. If you contribute and help other people, they're going to use you. They're going to take advantage of you, right? So all the lies are causing people to have unpleasing lives for God. And therefore, as a result of not being, you know, satisfactory to his will, his cause, his mercy, you have these subpar lifestyles that aren't fulfilling, they're not exciting, and you just feel like you're hungry for more, and you know that there's more calling you, but you just can't seem to get through that barrier. And I think as we talk about these four different points today uh, on how to live to please God, it's going to help you really push through, have a moment of clarity, and then also work on a strategy plan to really change things, right? So when you're evaluating your core values and your core beliefs and your philosophy around life, you often have to ask yourself, is it in, in alignment with biblical principles, kingdom principles, right? Not religion, because religion has caused a lot of people confusion, misunderstanding, hurt, pain. The misguidance of religion has really into people or position people in a way where they are lost and not clear versus found and of sound mind. So our objective right now in this conversation today is just to get you to that place. And I was once really in a place of being lost and not really knowing uh, that I was out of alignment spiritually, that I was relying on self over God. 
And a lot of that surrounds sometimes having success, having momentum, making money, making connections, you know, being in the in crowd, right? Being of the world. And you quickly realize that that's not really the overarching satisfaction of what life is really about. And then when it all comes crumbling down, you quickly realize that what you were giving your energy to and your focus to wasn't long term. And so we're going to focus on the areas that we have to give our energy, our focus, and our devoted attention to. And remember when I tell you this, naturally you're going to want to make excuses if you're not living like this already. You're going to want to use your career as an excuse, your family, your upbringing, all these different things. And I want you to know who you're talking to first and foremost and why I'm not great at accepting excuses because I grew up in what would be identified as a broken home, right? A single mother. I grew up in a very small city, okay? Less than 200,000 people in the city. I grew up with um, place a place where when it, when it looks at civil rights and, and prejudiceness was taking place, okay? So institutional uh, racism was present where I grew up. I was in a place where I didn't see my father, so he wasn't present in my life. He didn't contribute, okay? It was my mother only. He didn't pop in and out. He was virtually gone, okay? Maybe three times in 18 years I remember seeing that person. I didn't come from wealth. I didn't come from a lot of money. I came from a place where there's a lot of love and a lot of uh, value. Tremendous commitment. My mother was a great example of being faithful, cheerful, with the value of a positive attitude, no matter what life handed you, she was that example. I also had a great example of being committed to a faith-based church, right? Attending Sunday school, participating in the choir, uh, church events, food drives, blood drives, right? Supporting the community. And so that took away from sometime playing sports. I was avid sports player, enjoyed sports, enjoyed those type of opportunities. And growing up, 20 years old, became a father, right? So pretty much I found out that my girlfriend was gonna be, was gonna have our daughter when I was 19. So I was a teenage parent, so to speak. Uh, my daughter now is 17, getting ready to turn 18 in December. So when you look at the bouncing ball, there's a lot of avenues that I could have easily said derailed me from where I am today, including dropping out of college, pursuing business, you know, small, minor, in-and-in jobs, getting married for the first time, then my wife passing away due to cancer. So now I'm widowed, okay? There's now three children total. The ups and downs of business, the ups and downs of life, and what I've learned from all this is that we get to choose how we want to react or respond to all these events that are taking place in our life. And then I also realized that the stronger advantage is that when you rely on the word, right, and you understand the promises, the principles, and the patterns, okay, of God, when you really get that then everything I'm going to walk through will be achievable for you because you understand the promises, you understand the principles, right? And these are laws, so they can't, 
They won't change. He cannot tell a lie. He is faithful to all that he says he's going to do, right? So when you really get that, then you maneuver through life differently. And then patterns. You get to see the patterns of the enemy. You get to see the patterns of how God parents, how God loves, how he covers, how he protects. You get to see the patterns of the world, patterns of your flesh. And when you begin to really unravel and pay attention to these patterns, then you can further enrich and educate yourself on how to be prepared and ultimately astute when it comes to the patterns of life, spirituality, and then also the good and bad on spirituality, right? Evil and good. So there's three areas that we're going to focus on, and then there's a bonus area that we're going to talk about. But before we do this, you have to commit to yourself that you're ready to listen. You have to be ready to listen, and you have to be ready to receive. If you are not ready to listen and ready to receive, then you might as well either fast forward to the end and find out what this was all for, or you take a moment, you pause right now, you get yourself gathered, you make sure you're in a quiet location, and you prepare yourself to receive. And it would be wise right now for you to say a prayer. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling moved to pray for you, okay? So let's begin our conversation with the prayer. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, we come to you just honoring you right now, just giving you all the glory and all the praise, Father God. Father, you said in your word right now that when two or more come together, that you would be in our presence. And right now, we just want to thank you for having you in our presence right now. The presence of peace, the presence of joy. The removing of fear, lack, worry, doubt, Father God, casting all those things upon the enemy into the depths of hell. And we place any worries or concerns on your mantle right now, Father God, and leaving it with you, walking away from it, stepping into total faith, total belief, Father God, that you will do what you said you would do as long as we do our part, Father God, as we contribute to this relationship, as we contribute to your kingdom. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for those who are listening to my voice right now, I ask that favor goes before them and prosper their way. That people go out of their way right now, Father God, to increase them, to educate them, to influence them, Father God, to bring them closer to you, to put them in your grasp, Father God, right now. That all things that you have called for their lives right now is to be released and that they are walking into the preparation, the redefinement, being ready for it, Father God, to take receipt. That they have sown the seed consciously or unconsciously and they've entered in time. And during that time that they've been faithful, Father God, and that you've corrected them in the areas that they need to be corrected. And that you have led them when they need to be led, Father God. That they are able to hear Holy Spirit thoroughly and clearly, Father God. That your word, they are able to ingest it, Father God, and then digest it. And that they have full understanding. That they go from a place of knowledge to understanding to wisdom, Father God. We ask that that wisdom and discernment is all over them and covering them so that they make better decisions moving forward. Father, we just thank you for your ever-loving peace and love, Father, in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Okay. So let's go ahead and dive right into live to please God. First here, we're going to talk about fitness. And I think this is such a great part because in fitness, there's really three areas that you're going to want to spend some time developing a plan, strategy, and really improving yourself. But you got to get committed. The first area is going to be spiritual, right? So the faith game is important for you to master that. Because why is that? Number one, nothing else in the physical can come together without it starting in the spiritual. If you think about everything that you look at, like as I'm sitting here in my basement, 
you're on this device looking at me, listening to me right now, the fact that my voice is being carried to you, no matter where you are at in the world, it is simply due that something was placed out of this, taken from the spiritual into the physical, and it was ingested and digested by man. And man then took that discernment and wisdom and produced what it is that you and I are, are discussing this conversation on right now. So you have to realize that if you can't conceive the spirituality of both the spiritual wars, the spiritual battlefields, the whole things that are spiritual holds on you, if you're not accepting those as reality and to be real, then automatically you're in a, you're a displaced advantage, I mean, disadvantage as a result of not accepting something to be real that is, and then wondering why there is lack happening in your life, right? That could be in your relationships, your health, your finances, your career. You have to evaluate that, but you got to start with developing your spiritual game. And part of the responsibility is to get into a good Bible-based church, finding good Bible-based mentors, right? You may be listening because you enjoy Kingdompreneur Mentor, that good Bible-based information with personal development combined, right, to give you God's unfair advantage. It's all about positioning you to have God's unfair advantage on this limited time that we have here on earth. So we got to get our spiritual game right. Because money is a spiritual game. Business is a spiritual game. And if you can't lock in spiritually, then you're always going to be behind and ultimately cease to see the rewards and the increase that are available to you as a result. Then the next step when it comes to fitness is that we got to get our mental fitness right, our mental health, developing an optimal mindset. And part of developing this mindset is really having clear understanding and wisdom that comes from the Bible, right? The passage, when you look at some of the greatest, you know, names in the Bible, David, Joseph, Moses, James, right? We can, the list goes on. And if you look at their psychological makeup, right? Those who had opposing issues and how they proceeded to have faith and how God pulled them through what it is that they were going through, like that process of seed time harvest, you'll realize that that pattern hasn't changed, right? Here we are many, many years later and that pattern still exists. And so when you realize that your mental mindset, right, the mental muscle, setting the mind in a direction, and then what happens is, is that the things that are in your blind spot, I mean blind spot, ultimately become visible to you because you set your mind in a direction. So whether that direction be to be a greater listener, to be more acutely aware, to love God's people better, wherever you set your mind, to increase your earnings, to increase your relationship value, all those things, when you realize that you set your mind to it, now, you may ask yourself, how do you set your mind to it? And that's going to be in a whole different conversation that we'll get into mindset, you know, being intentional on our focus, our belief system, our philosophy, all those things embedded together really depict the setting of the mind and how you protect yourself from the unconscious battles, the spiritual battles that are attempting to set your mind because we realize that our minds are so powerful, you know, very similar to the direction of a missile on a target. Our minds can work very similarly but until we get those minds under control, they will continue to navigate based on all the different inputs coupled with our emotions. And they're living us in a direction or leading us in a direction that we ultimately don't want to be in. So spiritual, mental, and then we got to get our physical right. If you are out of shape, now by definition, you can Google based on your body type, 
you know, probably your medical records, all those things have been taken into consideration. I can't see you and I am not a medical doctor at this point. Yes, I was a pre-med student and I walked away from that, but a medical professional versus your spiritual professional can help you recognize, are you out of shape? Both on a cardiovascular level, both on a physicality, physiology level, right? You have to be in shape. It's important. You got to optimize health. And you could be dealing with some mental health issues that are slowing you down from getting in shape. You could be dealing with some life issues. But here's the facts. You're talking to someone, again, who, as an athlete growing up, very active in sports, uh, recently in the last few years, I had put on 40 pounds that I never carried ever in my life, okay? I didn't know how to lose weight. And then mentally, I didn't realize it was messing with me psychologically that my mind wasn't optimal because of the, the fuel that I was putting in my body to run this body wasn't optimal fuel. It was processed food. It was genetically modified fuel. It was fuel that had different oils and, and, and margarines that were clogging things, right? All these things to slow down this engine. When you look at your body like an engine, you have an engine that has been running over 100,000 miles, that has had its oil changed on time, its filters changed on time, spark plugs changed on time, air filters changed on time, right? Because it wants to be optimal as it continues down its journey. Then on the other side, you have someone that has that same car, that same engine, where the oil hasn't been changed on time, fuel filter is filthy, you know, um, hasn't cleaned out the fuel line, so therefore there's a lot of buildup and gonk. You know, carbon's building up in, in the engine, so just not compressing and producing power like the other engine that's optimized. Your body is much like that, and until you accept that and recognize that, let me tell you something that you don't know. When you are not optimal, you have no idea that you're not optimal, <laughs> okay? And here's what I know. When I cleaned up my habits from eating, right, and I started with a seven-day water fast, it totally cleansed my body, it cleansed my mind, then when I continued on with a better diet and I would occasionally have like something that was suboptimal, I could immediately feel the change in my mood. I could feel the immediate change in my thinking process. I can immediately change that this chunk, when it enters now a clean body, immediately um, devalues it or offsets its performance quickly. And so until you get to a place where your body is clean, clean from drugs, clean from alcohol, clean from pop, you won't know how great you can be. And therefore, you know, I'm sure you're from a spiritual standpoint, God has already encouraged you many times to clean it up, to change it. And then the flesh takes over. The fleshly desires take over. The addiction for sugar, the addiction to drink, the addiction for attention takes over and you find yourself making it hard. And so one secret that worked for me and this is, again, from a perspective of someone who, at this point in my life, going to the gym is not the best use of my time. That's how I was feeling. And I enjoy what I enjoy. Number one, the seven-day water fast. Giving it all over to God and with a real uncanny commitment, meaning non-negotiable, uncompromisable commitment. Seven days of water forces you to focus on God, to rely on God, 
to intercede, to ask for, you know, through Jesus to be intercessory prayer to help you. And what it did for me was transformational. I came out of that experience and all I wanted to do was eat well, keep, stay well, remain fit. That was the biggest thing. I had a trainer before I did the seven day fast and I was getting stronger, I was getting bigger, but it was over fat. And so I was looking like a bodyguard versus like a premier athlete, which is what my objective was. That cleanse radically transformed everything because my prayer routine increased, my, you know, entrusting God to get me through not having food for seven days. And then reintroducing food to my body without having any complications, any issues, and the whole time, I mean, just feeling up. I mean, I continued to work out with my trainer for those seven days. It was pretty amazing. It was an amazing experience. And so I recommend a seven-day water fast. And you can build up to it. I heard Holy Spirit move me to do it, so I just did it. If you're hearing this from me, then you may be nudged by Holy Spirit. And so you can work up by doing a fast. You know, you can start with a 12, 16, 18-hour fast, right? Getting your body prepared. But since then, I continuously fast 18 hours a day. I don't begin eating until 1 or 2 o'clock. And I typically stop eating around 8 p.m. And I realize the lie. Our bodies are designed that we don't need to eat every day. We don't. There's some days I don't eat. I just optimize with water and my protein shake, and I feel great. But it, it took me to clean, the, the, clean up my body, get rid of the bad habits, remove the addictions for me to recognize that. And it's going to take you to do the same thing. All right, so our next category, we start with fitness. Those three points were spiritual, mental, physical. That's where we got to work on to get to a place where we live to please God. Get those in order. Now we have family, right? And so now we got three subcategories here. The first one's going to be values. When you look at God's family and then his values, they're all listed in the Bible, starting with Genesis. You can move into Proverbs, you know, Ephesians, uh, Romans. There's so many great passages that really help you articulate and understand exactly what family is, the role of the husband, the role of the mother, the responsibility of the children. You want to go back and spend some time there and then weigh God's family structure against your current structure. See where there are similarities and see where there are differences. And then what are you going to do to bring that alignment? That will make a big difference in the way everything works out for you moving forward. Then the next thing is then priorities. You know, so oftentimes the world has gotten us to a place where it's okay to make family second and third, even fourth. And I was, I was that person. I was the grown up as a uh, single parent household and the only child, right? It could be easy to be in a place of selfishness and, and putting family second and not making it a priority. And as an entrepreneur and now a kingdompreneur, I see the difference between how I behaved as an entrepreneur versus a kingdompreneur. As an entrepreneur, I was very selfish with business. Business was more important than spending time with the children, with my wife, you know, uh, attending church because I used the justification of providing as an excuse. However, the, those who I got mentored by, they kept business in the order of God, family, business. And it worked just in that order. Now, will there be sacrifices occasionally? Yes, because we can't be in a realm of perfection, right? But we do know what is good that can be perfect because it came from God. However, what happens is, is that you know what to say no to when you have your priorities right.
because not all things can be equal. So you can't keep saying yes to friends and then having your children, uh, you're missing out on family night, you're missing out on sporting events, you're missing out on school events because you're saying yes to business or you're saying yes to friends and then you tell your family you're more important, but my actions demonstrate that again, two things can't be equal if they're a priority. So which one is the priority? And what I've learned is that when people who have similar values value family above business and friends and, and, and different areas of life, they respect you more. They'll do business with you more. Their intention with you will be greater because they see you have the discipline to prioritize align with God's order. So you'll never lose. And then the third, love. Love, creating a loving environment. If you didn't grow up with a loving environment, then you can go learn, right? There's no excuses. You can go online. You can associate with relationships, your pastor. There are many areas that you can find loving relationships to model after because one of the key attributes for raising your standards is modeling. So if you model after those who have what it is that you see is of value to you, then you can replicate that and become that, right? It's a great thing about being a human is that we can evolve. We can change. We can uh, have a metamorphosis, right? Very much from going from like a caterpillar to a butterfly. We can go through that process. And I actually have a chapter in my book called The Butterfly Process, right? Really talking about once you engage yourself in transformation, how you're going to go through that metamorphosis. But love is key because it starts with loving your family well. And then when you love your family well and, and loving yourself well, right? Valuing yourself. Not in a selfish context, but in a way that you know who you are, you know who you are, you are the child of God, that you are heir to the kingdom, that your self-worth is built in through your biblical presence, not in the things, the money, the results, but in the relationship rooted with God. When you know that, then you love his children at a very high level. So you'll love your family, you'll love other people's family, you'll love strangers. And you'll be able to enter in relationships without being fearful, right? Business relationships, working relationships, friendships without wondering who's going to take advantage of you or who's going to try to hurt you. You won't worry about that because you will trust God. And therefore, you can, and when you trust God, you can love his people freely. But you can't love people freely if you don't trust God. So I want you to remember that because that is a crucial part. Now, the next thing we'll talk about is the next category is finances. So again, we did fitness, family, now we're in finances. If we want to get to a place where we live to please God, we got to get this in order. So the first thing we have to get in order is earning, okay? So if you have a job right now, congratulations. If you run a business right now, congratulations. But what you have to remember is what are you doing to really scale up your earning capacity, right? Your market value. Because again, if you think about being an heir to the king of the kingdom, does your life reflect kingdom-like results, right? Are you in a place where you can do what you want, go where you want, live the way you want because you've earned so well that you can afford these things and therefore you can give back tremendously? If you're not that place right now, then we got to work on earning, right? Because it's not saving. Saving's not going to get you on the other side. Becoming a great earner is going to get you on the other side. That's the first phase. Then the second phase of finances will be now keeping what you earn. So your ability 
to allocate into different buckets. You have buckets that you're going to save. You have slow growth earning potential, high growth earning potential, and then also rainy day buckets, right? So when you look at your bucket allocation, how you're breaking up the 100% you have coming in, whether that's one stream of revenue or four streams, you're breaking that pie up into percentages on how you're going to allocate based on your objectives and praying to God as your father, as your partner, giving you guidance on exactly what he wants you to do because ultimately you're going to just be a steward of his resources. It's not really yours. All right. And then the last part is multiply. So we got to take what we've kept and then multiply it, right? Addition, we don't want to be, when it comes to money, you don't want to be in the addition game. And you don't have to be. Why? Because money is a spiritual asset. And what do I mean by that? Meaning you and I can only be in one place at one time. But your money can be in multiple places at one time. And that is a, that's how the spirit moves. And so therefore being a spiritual asset is essential. So having your money in multiple places at the same time, working tirelessly on your behalf, on your family's behalf, on your future generation's behalf is a skill set. So understanding acquisitions, understanding you know, strategic investments, understanding value add, value creation, right? Understanding the language of money. And remember, money is not the rule of, e the rule of evil, right? I mean, the root of evil. However, the love of it is the root of all, of all evil. So keep that in mind that it's not money. And if you have a bad relationship or bad philosophy, what I just shared with you can't come to pass. Okay, and then our, our last bonus conversation here is leadership. Because God's children are leaders. They are not followers. They are not people who are just takers. They're contributors. They develop significance through their service. Jesus is the greatest example of that service. The sacrifice, the faithfulness, the commitment, the unwavering belief unwavering faith, leadership. So the key to becoming a Jesus-like leader is first you have to see the example. So in the Bible, you have a great example there, which is really great. Then you can also identify examples here on earth that you can see because you can only model what you recognize and can interpret. So when you see good examples of service-based leaders, leaders that lead with their hearts, lead with God's intention in mind. When you identify that, then it becomes easy for you to interpret what you're reading in the passage, what you're gaining understanding because now you have real life examples and that really completes the, the process of thinking. Then you do the example. So now you find ways to be that leader in your organization, in your business, in your home, in your community. You have to do it. And I am a huge component of being a doer and not just a speaker. So everything that I'm taking you through, you can fact find and find it in my life as well. Because this is how I chose to live my life. And then last, you become the example. And when you become the example, then now people begin to model after you. And you can see how that can be a very positive impact in our world. So make a decision after this conversation to please God. Not please man, not please your spouse, not please your children. Please God. And then everyone around you will benefit from you choosing 
to live a life that pleases God. I hope this helps. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Please comment, subscribe, like. Follow us to be a part of the solution. Be a part of experiencing God's unfair advantage in your life. That's what we're here for. Talk to you all soon. Thank you. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.